0: Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews since 1996, so 25 years now. Boy, that makes me feel old. You can find all of my written work, by the way, at my website. That's at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you, if you're a fan of the films of the 1980s and you like the review that I do here today, You can check out my other podcast which covers films of the 1980s called Around the World in 80s Movies. Find the link at my website, quipster.net. Today I'm going to be getting into a film that's getting some critical acclaim out there. actually got quite a few Golden Globe nominations at the time of this recording. The film I'm talking about today is called Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman is an R-rated film. It does have strong violence including sexual assault, language throughout, some sexual material and drug use. The runtime is an hour and 53 minutes. Carey Mulligan is the main star. Bo Burnham, Laverne Cox, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Alfred Molina, Connie Britton, Adam Brody, and quite a few other notable names make the supporting cast, albeit with very small roles for some of them. Emerald Fennell is the director as well as the screenwriter. Now, Emerald Fennell, if you know that name, She's directed and executive produced and was a showrunner for uh, the darkly comedic TV show called Killing Eve, but she also works as an actor, and most recently she's played Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown, but shortly before the Me Too movement really took hold all over social media and whatnot, Fennell had a dream, and in that dream, there was a drunk woman, she's lying on the bed of a stranger, and the stranger tries to take advantage of this young woman, and she keeps asking drunkenly what he's doing. Undaunted, though, he persists in his, uh, I guess, date rape, and suddenly she sits up, completely sober, and asks again, much more sternly, what he's doing. And he cowers in defense, and I suppose some shame. Now, Fennell, she she was somebody who grew upset thinking about all of these teen movies that she watched growing up. She observed how easily consent was given away in these films or maybe simply taken by the male suitors who get young women blackout drunk. You know, getting a woman drunk all too often was portrayed as how young men should easily seduce women, lowering their inhibitions and their ability to easily leave a situation they may not have necessarily wanted otherwise. And then we see, oftentimes, the walk of shame, played for laughs in these movies, these young women stumbling out into the public, hungover, not really knowing what happened to them the night before. This was not only commonplace in these kinds of movies, but largely condoned by society at large. But Fennell and many women especially of late, did not view these actions as seductive at all. They are what they are, predatory date rape. Finel actually started working on her screenplay in 2017. That was slightly before the Me Too movement really took hold, before Harvey Weinstein was exposed, before the nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Finell channeled all of her anger into this story about female rage called Promising Young Woman. Now, at its core, this film is a revenge thriller, but unlike others that came before, it doesn't really go for fatal attraction-style violence or sexualized male gaze teases to titillate audiences. Fennell observed that women very rarely resort to violence when they're wronged, so she limited her characters to how women might act when seeking to get revenge on predatory men. So she also wanted it to be revenge done by somebody who loved the victim instead of the victim herself because there's a protective aspect that needs to be involved. Often the victim of such a thing is too traumatized, maybe even too embarrassed to speak out or act out of fear of more trauma. But those around her who see what she's going through and maybe feel injustice for her want to immediately strike back at those who caused that trauma as well as the system that lets these predators get away with their acts traditionally if this were a male revenge film that would usually involve hunting down the perpetrators having them experience regret for a few seconds before they get dispatched now in Finel's script she felt a worse punishment is to expose the nature of the actions of the perpetrators having them live with the knowledge that they have done wrong and that other people know it as well for the rest of their lives So determining to make the jump to becoming a feature filmmaker with the story, Fennell packaged her script within the context of a thriller to get the message across in a way that would keep audiences both engaged and entertained. Instead of this dark and brooding drama, Promising Young Woman is as colorful and light in its look and its tempo. It has a very catchy soundtrack, and it's a lot like those innocuous comedies that Fennell once enjoyed growing up as a teen. And like the protagonist and the way that she goes about her business, the comic nature really lures people in with a promise for more, but once they're locked in to taking in this film, they're taking on an unexpected detour. Now, the protagonist I'm talking about in this film is named Cassie Thomas. Cassie lives with her parents while working in this dead-end job at 30 years old, a barista in a small coffee shop. Her parents have been encouraging her to get on with life in ways that really aren't even subtle anymore. Their birthday gift happens to be a suitcase. Cassie spends her evenings at the local watering holes to the point where she's in an obvious stupor. Inevitably, somebody, some of the men there, will offer to do the right thing and give her a ride home. But during that ride home, temptation does get the better of these men, and they'll tell the cab driver to take her to their home instead. And there, they reveal themselves to be You know, not-so-good guys. She'll reveal herself to be not-so-good either. She's not-so-drunk. And she shames them for essentially trying to rape a woman that's too intoxicated to give consent. That's the main premise of the story. There's more to it than that. For instance, there's a a romantic aspect to this film as well. It's hard to believe, but Cassie has a run-in with this other gentleman named Ryan Cooper, played by Bo Burnham a former colleague from medical school who's now working as a pediatrician. And here we pick up clues about Cassie's past, about how she was once on a fast track to becoming a doctor herself, but she dropped out of med school for mysterious reasons, involving her best friend Nina Fisher, the victim of a sexual assault that never quite got justice until Cassie made it her mission to stop predators in their tracks. Now, Ryan seems different than all of the, the men That she's so-called taking down, and he happens to crack through Cassie's tough exterior, offering her the potential for a bright future again. But she learns that the person who's most responsible for Nina's rape is happens to be nearby. He's about to get married. So now Cassie has to make a big decision which path she's going to go down. The path of promise of a life of bliss with Ryan, or the path of vengeance on everybody who has done Nina and other women potentially wrong, including the seemingly indifferent school educators, the lawyers who downplayed the allegations back in the day. Promising Young Woman, in addition to the date rape culture, also explores whether one bad act should keep a person from ever being seen as good. Many guilty parties absolve themselves for being either too young or too drunk to really know what they were doing at the time. Kathy seeks those people out years later to expose that their utter lack of remorse about what they did to ruin the lives of others shows that they really aren't any better today than what they were back then. One character has been racked with guilt. Cassie determines he's one of the rare ones who's learned his lesson. Forgiveness is a theme in this film, but only for those who feel truly ashamed at what they've done. Carrie Mulligan read the script and eagerly signed on she saw the subject matter is very truthful much more so than controversial many other movies trivialize the predatory aspects of college parties and the club scene and cassie's colorful appearance masks her darker thoughts in this film those inner demons they get exercised by becoming an avenging angel albeit only for a moment she lures young men and catches them in their predatory acts and yet she can't stop herself she continues to mourn the loss of somebody that used to be her whole universe, and then she has to do it all over again. Now, audiences for this film, especially ones who are attuned to thrillers, might be ahead of the increasingly implausible and some very manufactured twists that are here in the story. There are tonal issues that make Promising Young Woman an uneven experience overall, although this film does have very fine performances and a handful of really great moments that will be recommendable for some people. Fennell sought Mulligan, by the way, for the role because she felt that this was the kind of movie that she had not seen Mulligan in before. Mulligan happens to be very soft-spoken, not a very big public persona, so that makes her the kind of enigmatic figure that should surprise a lot of moviegoers with what she has to offer. She's also very talented, and she delivers a real performance within this very heightened reality of the thriller genre. Mulligan and Fennell are the same age, 35. They had similar starts in the business together. In fact, as 18-year-olds, they appeared on the same episode of this show called Trial and Retribution, although they went their separate ways since then. The male characters in this film are cast with actors many recognize as nice guys in other films. Rom-com regulars like Adam Brody, Christopher Mintz-Plass, Chris Lowell, uh, Mac Greenfield, among others. Finell wanted actors that we've already had good feelings about and we haven't seen as lecherous date rapists to kind of give us the element of surprise that so-called good guys can be not so good when they think they can get away with it anyway. Finell upends this notion of gentlemen and reveals that nice guys and good guys, those are not synonymous terms. Underneath, many men, they're looking for the same things, but the nice guys... So-called nice guys are often going to drop that act when they see that they can get what they want and they can even be complete jerks when it seems like they can't quite get it. Good guys know it's wrong to take advantage of a situation and ironically are not always nice guys. Many of these guys think that they're good guys because they don't go around scheming to do bad things unaware, but they seem to change their tune when they get a little bit of power over the object of their desire If the film works at all, I think it's thanks to the solid performances here, especially by Carrie Mulligan. I do think she might be a little too mature in the role, and not necessarily just by her age. She just carries an element of maturity about herself that makes some of what she does a little bit more questionable than maybe another actor might have. But she does portray very well somebody stagnating through life, stuck in this whirlpool of misery and grief. I think, well, Burnham is also really, really appealing as the only guy who manages to let Cassie's guard down. He shows that he's not like the other men, and his charisma really does prove infectious, especially during a charming impromptu sing-along to Paris Hilton's Stars Are Blind in a Pharmacy. One of the problems that I have with Promising Young Woman as a promising film here is that it begs so many questions that don't quite get answered in the course of the film, at least not as I saw it on the first time watch. For instance, how can Cassie have done what she's done every week over the course of a year in the same community and not gotten caught up or gotten a reputation or at least gotten accosted by somebody Somewhere down the line, you would think that her activities would quickly earn her that rep among the regulars at these local clubs, especially when she's going to run into the same clientele. So how is this really going to work? And and how does she know that they won't actually take her to her home every time, that they're going to take her somewhere else? And what address does she really use? Is she really having them take her home? And what would happen if they arrive there? It's, it really calls into question so much. And yet it contrives exactly what it wants to do every single time. I think one of the most contrived of all of these developments, there's a video that emerges of the crime from way back when, from years ago, and that answers one question that is necessary for this film, but it leaves so many others. It actually produces a lot of others, like why would the person who owns such a video keep it for so many years, maybe even transfer the file from, of course, one phone to another over those years because most people don't have their phone for too long before they get a new one and once it is introduced this is a real big tell because it's easy to guess where the story is going to go once that video does appear. Conversations within the film between Cassie and some of the people that she's confronting they lack a lot of authenticity I feel they they are very shorthand and not at all realistic lets characters talk on far too long in conversations that would definitely have been ended by at least one party for the purpose of divulging additional plot points. People seem to exist in this film solely to service that singular story. Alfred Molina in particular, he plays this lawyer who silenced Nina. He seems to have spent years just waiting for this moment when the plot would involve him. Connie Britton, the college dean, she tried to sweep it all under the rug way back when in one of the least effective story angles, Cassie has lured the dean's daughter away under the pretense that she too should experience what Nina did. All of this should seem so horrifying, so appalling, so controversial if the film weren't already built on this bed of artifice. And I think when we get to the very end of this film, it tosses any hold on plausibility altogether, however tenuous, into this free fall of trying to tie up every loose end with a lot of wish fulfillment. I think it should be noted here in Finel's defense that this table turning ending was not her original intent. She had another one in mind, more of the violent retribution kind that she had really been avoiding all along. But Finel felt when she started to write that it would eventually ring false to the character for the audience. And so she decided on more of a Greek tragedy ending which is more or less depicted in the film, but we also get this extended epilogue toward the end of the film. I won't spoil it, but it continues a lot of the revenge tactics that she was undergoing. And the reason why that's in the film is because the financiers insisted that this film could not end in the more tragic way that Finell had intended. So Finell concocted this additional epilogue in order to get her film finally financed and made. So... So there's like more sugar-coated ending, I guess, on top of the ending that she wanted to deliver. But yet it just feels so false, I believe, still in the way that she was trying to avoid all along. And that's what ultimately keeps me from being able to wholeheartedly recommend this film, despite those really good performances. And some key scenes here that I do think make it worthwhile for some people overall I think particularly strong is this theme. Maybe this was not the intent, but revenge can sometimes be destructive to the person who seeks it. It's kind of like that saying often attributed to Confucius that says, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. This is a real close call for me as far as whether I would completely recommend this film or not. I do think that there are enough elements here, but I do think overall for me, it just falls just short of being a film I could wholly get behind because of all of the contrivances, because of all of the characters here that I feel just serve a story. They're not really very fleshed out. The actors do everything they can, and they are very good in this film, and yet they are let down, I think, by the writing of this screenplay. I like Finel's intent. I like the message that she's trying to deliver, but I do think that this film does fall short from being something that I could easily recommend to most people, so for that, I'm going to give it A near recommendation of two and a half stars out of four. Two and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that this film had the tools, it had the talent to be something I could recommend to most people. And yet it just falls short because of the problems in tone and the artificial nature by which everybody goes about their business, while also trying to say something about real world events that don't quite jibe in the way that I think that it could have with a little bit more work. So two and a half stars out of four is what I give promising young woman now obviously this is going to be a film that most people depending on their point of view will give more of a pass than i do for all of these problems that i have but you know i don't judge based on how much i agree with the intent of the movie i i recommend films based on how well they work as films as storytelling and so that's why as much as i'm inclined to praise the film for its overall message i can't quite praise the film overall as a story so Take that for what it's worth. That's just the way that I grade films. If you have your own thoughts on this, I'm sure you will. You can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Links to my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, my Instagram are all there for you to contact me. Email, I do think, is the best way you can get in touch. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. And please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies.